What's up, everyone? Welcome to This Day in Philly Sports History for March 3rd, 2023. This is now the third time I've done this take because my kids keep coming in and asking me things that I've already told them the answer to. But anyway, we are going to start with a little bit of an Eagles update. And the two big stories right now with the Eagles um, after they sign the coordinators and everything is the rules committee is trying to outline or outlaw the quarterback sneak push that they do. And I mean, I don't know how I feel about it. It's one of those things we had an advantage because we have a good line. We have a quarterback who can squat 600 pounds. Um, I'm I'm sure more teams are going to try to do it next year. If it, if it's legal, which, Hey, I mean, it is what it is. You, the whole thing, it's, it's not cheating. It's not against the rules. They found basically a loophole in the rules that was to their advantage and, and they use it to their advantage. But the fact that the rules committee is saying it's not aesthetically pleasing. That's what I have an issue with. Like nobody cares. Like, who are you marketing that to? Like true football fans of the NFL, they don't give a shit what it looks like. Like I, Honestly, it might be boring, but like if my team wins every game three to nothing and wins the Super Bowl, works for me. Um, but I know they they have to worry about the sponsors and blah. so it is what it is. I mean, I just think it's a ridiculous kind of uh, idea, and the fact that it's still gaining traction after a couple weeks now, I figured I'd mention it. Um, the other story I heard, and I don't know the actual context of this, so. I don't necessarily want to speak out of line, but one of the radio stations, uh, the Sports Talk radio stations, had a poll posted on their Twitter. I won't throw their names out there. They basically asked if Jalen Hurts should take less money to help the Eagles. And I have so many issues with this, and this may offend some people, and I hope this does not turn into a political thing. But really, like, who, who are you to tell somebody to not go out and get what you're worth. At the end of the day, yes, we as fans, like it's entertaining. We want to win the Super Bowl. But as a person, you need to go out and get yours and get what you deserve. And I know there's a lot of people that don't necessarily, especially in this day and age, agree with that. But man, go out and get what you're worth. I mean, it would be the same to me as my principal coming to me and saying, Jim, or my CEO slash superintendent, because I work in a charter school, saying to me, Jim, as the principal, you are running your school, but you should take less money so we can afford more resources for for books. And I mean, I'm sorry, it might sound selfish, especially as somebody in education, but that's not my job to pay for the books. Like you need to figure out and budget. Like maybe Jeffrey Lurie takes a pay cut. Maybe the CEO of my school takes a pay cut and, and, and helps out there. But like... To, to tell somebody to take a pay cut and not get what they're worth to help the whole team out. And yeah, I get it's a team game, but man, I have a problem with that 100%. You go and get what you're worth because if the Eagles aren't going to give it to them, somebody else will. But I'm sure, like I said, send me the hate mail if you hate what I said. But I mean, no, like if I'm not taking a pay cut to help anybody out, I, at the end of the day, I got to worry about my family. So. But go ahead, send the hate mail if, if you hate me. But uh, all is quiet on the Phillies front, which is good uh, early here in stri- spring training. No injuries. Um, some guys are looking good. I know Castellanos um, is looking good. Schwarber's off to a slow start, but I'm not as concerned about him. Um, so pretty good. Like I said, we 
that's what we want. No major injuries, nothing crazy going on. It's, it's quiet, which is quiet sometimes is good in early in spring training anyway. Trade deadline is today at three for the Flyers. Uh, I'm sure there's going to be some moves. And there's that, that organization right now is a mess. And it's a shame they went on that stretch where they won, what was it, 10 in a row almost, or 10-game unbeaten streak because they – it's an absolute one disaster. Ed Snyder is rolling over in his grave, I'm sure, because of how shitty the organization is being run. And they completely messed up the whole getting a high draft pick by going on that run because they're going to end up being probably down the stretch the worst team. And they're not going to have anything to show for it. But there you go. All right, uh, quick uh, programming note, Back to the Future dropped on Wednesday, so be sure to check that out. We talk about the Sixers and the state of the process and kind of where are they, where they're going, and what the next steps will be. Um, Remember, we'll be in Mexico starting on Sunday, so I will be still posting the This Day in Philly Sports History. I have it all mapped out. I just got to get on and record, so make sure you're still tuning in. And speaking of the Sixers... Man, what a game last night. They they got down big to, to Dallas, and that's a good team. Uh, with Kyrie and Luka now, like, they are a really good team. In fact, I actually put a future bet for them to win the Western Conference after the game last night because I think they're playing that well now without knowing how to work together. And, I mean, you, you figure you got at least half a season before Kyrie messes things up anyway. So I, I, I think it's a solid bet. Um, but, man, they could not miss. And Doc's rotations, I think when they came back, he probably should have put Joe in when they made it close and tried to make him run at it. But, man, they just they came out of halftime. and just I mean, the first half they couldn't miss, but they came out of halftime on fire and just blew that game wide open. And say what you want about the defense. I mean, they were guarding them. I mean, they just were making shots, man. And the shot that Luka made over Embiid was just incredible. So uh, we'll see where we go from here. But be sure to tune in to Back to the Future because that's something we we discuss at length uh, this week. All right, sticking with the Sixers theme, we're going to go back to 1993. And on this date, March 3rd, 1993, the Suns beat the Sixers 125-115. This was Charles Barkley's first game against the Sixers since they traded him the previous offseason. You could tell he had a little uh, little something to prove. He, he went 36-17 boards and 9 assists, just missing the triple-double. Uh, Hersey Hawkins led the Sixers with 24. But the big story of the night uh, was, believe it or not, bigger story than Barkley's return and almost a triple-double was Manute Bull. He came into the game with three career three-point attempts in 239 games. So the Sixers got down big at halftime. They were 70 down 72-55, and Coach Doug Moe, who was pretty much almost done, I think, at that point, um, before Fred Carter, who <laughs> was even worse, but um, said, F it, let's just do what you got to do. So Manute Bull shot 6-for-12 from three-point range in the second half. And if you've ever seen, look this up on YouTube. If you ever see a Manute Bull shot, it is the ugliest thing I've ever seen where he's flat-footed. He winds up, like almost like rests the ball behind his head, almost like a, I don't even know what you would call it, like a soccer throw-in. Um, and it, it was ugly, but it, listen, he got hot, made 6 out of 12, and 
for a team that was bad. Uh, they ended up winning 26 games that year. But don't worry, because each of the next three seasons after that got worse. They drafted guys like Sean Bradley, Sharon Wright, Jerry Stackhouse, Clarence Weatherspoon was on that team. But help was on the way because of the way those three seasons played. That's led to them getting the number one pick and bringing in Allen Iverson. But on this day, back in 1993, Manute Bowl went 6-for-12 from three-point range in the second half in a 125-115 loss to the Sun, which was also Charles Barkley's first game against the Sixers since the trade, and he almost had a triple-double. All right, let's go to today's Philly Sports Women's History Month Spotlight. And today we're going to spotlight Marilyn Stevens. She was a high school All-American in Simon Gratz. She went to Temple, where she was a two-time A-10 Player of the Year, Kodak All-American in 1984. Two-time Big Five Player of the Year. She is a Big Five Hall of Famer, Philly Hall of Famer, Temple Hall of Famer. She played overseas professionally because there was no WNBA at that time. Then she came back to become the assistant coach at Temple, then was the head coach at Cheney. I know she spent some time in Florida where she was the first female to ever coach a boys basketball team, and she did a very good job down there. She retired as Temple's all-time leading scorer and rebounder, um, and Mia Davis broke her scoring record last season. Um, So she's now number two, but just an incredible, incredible athlete, one of the best to ever do it at Temple. She now coaches at my old high school, Coatesville, So today, shout out to you, Marilyn Stevens, for your contributions to the basketball and coaching world. Go have yourselves a Friday. And until next time, I'll see you when I see you.